And then as I'm walking to the back, I see Ken and Tommy, who I missed last week. So good to see y'all too. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for not only being with us where we are today, but your promise to be with us. We thank you for the promise of God with us. We thank you for your promise to never leave us, to never forsake us. Thank you for going with us, for walking out ahead of us, for coming up behind us and walking alongside us. Thank you for being with us in the name of Jesus. Amen. So having lived in Texas all my life and having lived in some rural areas, Texas expressions are so normal to me that they don't even strike me as funny as they would probably to someone who's from another country. There are simple ones like, well, I'll be, or poor as a church mouse, and happy as a pig in slop. And then there are more elaborate ones like, she's so ornery, she'd make a preacher cuss. Or, he's such a cheapskate, he wouldn't pay a quarter to see Jesus on a bicycle. You know, just those kind of just outlandish ones that leave you saying, wait, what? When we lived out in West Texas, my two favorite ones, really still to this day, are sayings that our 70-something-year-old Ida said. We had this lovely friend named Ida, and she said her two West Texas expressions almost every day. The first one was, well, I'll swan, because I think that in mixed company back then it wasn't proper to say, well, I swear, you know, like if you're so... I think that's what that is. I think it's a substitution, and it just says, well, I swan. And then um, another one that she said on an almost daily basis, especially if she was just surprised by something, is she would just go, land a Goshen. (laughs) And as someone who had just graduated with an undergraduate degree in Bible going to grad school, the theology, I still didn't quite know what that meant. I'd heard of Goshen in the Bible, but I didn't know why all of a sudden when there was some surprising great news, they would say, land of Goshen. You ever been to the land of Goshen? They've tried to find it in northern Egypt, and that's pretty much, sorry to people listening online, but that's pretty much what it looks like today not quite what you would picture as a paradise where people lived in the presence of God. It's a pretty barren place. So the way we get there is through the story of Joseph being sold into slavery. What is the land of Goshen? Joseph is sold by his own brothers. Joseph rose in the house of Pharaoh to great power. But then above everything, the hand of God and the promises of God kept saying that He would be with the people. God would be with the people. That kind of brings us up. You know that story, right, of all the Joseph? Well, this brings us up to 
Genesis 45. Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all those who stood by him, and he cried out, Get everyone away from me. So no one stayed with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. Right? So his brothers sold him into slavery. Now they're reunited, and that's the scene. He wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard it. Now you tell me that's not a West Texas expression. So we, we, have, we have quite an image already here. Joseph reunited with the brothers. He is weeping. And the household of Pharaoh heard it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him, so dismayed were they at his presence. So Joseph said to his brothers, come closer to me. And they came closer. He said, I'm your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. But do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years, and there are five more years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh, and lord of all his house, and ruler over the land of Egypt. Hurry, go up to my father and say to him, Thus says your son Joseph, God has made me lord of all of Egypt. Come down to me, don't delay. You shall settle in the land of Goshen, and you shall be near me, you and your children and your children's children, as well as your flocks, your herds, and all that you have. I will provide for you there, since there are five more years of famine to come so that you and your household and all that you have will not come to poverty. And now your eyes and the eyes of my brother Benjamin see that it, will, that it is my own mouth that speaks to you. You must tell my father how greatly I am honored in Egypt. And all that you have seen. Hurry and bring my father down here. Then he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept, while Benjamin wept upon his neck, and he kissed all his brothers and wept upon them. And after that, his brothers talked to him. God took care of his people while they were in Egypt, and according to this Narrative of Joseph, God, by God's hand, placed them in the land of Goshen. Joseph was there for them as a physical reminder of the promises of God. Does that sound familiar? You ever need to hear about Jesus in your own life? That's why Jesus is called in and around his birth. Emmanuel. You know what Emmanuel means? It means God is with us. When Joseph is reunited then a chapter later with his father, 
Jacob, a.k.a. Israel. That happy reunion takes place in a place none other than the land of Goshen. And here's a snapshot of the scene. Israel, Jacob, sent Judah ahead to Joseph to lead the way before him into Goshen. When they came to the land of Goshen, Joseph made ready his chariot and went up to meet his father Israel in Goshen. He presented himself to him, fell on his neck, wept on his neck a good while. Israel said to Joseph, I can die now, having seen for myself that you are still alive. And then, once everything settles, and Jacob reaches the end of his life in Egypt, we have this perfect picture. Again, another chapter later. Thus Israel settled in the land of Egypt, in the land of Goshen, and they gained possessions in it and were fruitful and multiplied exceedingly. All the drama, all the conflict, all the sadness of Genesis meets in this one verse and right there resolves. In this one verse, listen to it again. Israel... You know, okay, so when we think Israel, we know he's talking about Jacob, but there's something in this verse that says, no, this is bigger than just a story about Jacob. He's called Israel for a reason, and we're looking back on it through time for a reason that everybody, not just Jacob, but Israel settled in the land of Egypt, in the land of Goshen, and they gained possessions in it and were fruitful and multiplied exceedingly. Land of Goshen. That's where they wind up. And God keeps taking care of them. Land of Goshen sounds awfully nice, huh? So then the good news. We kind of still live here today. In the land of Goshen. Settled in the presence of God and the promises of God here in our own land of Goshen, secure in the eternal promises of Jesus. This is the beauty of salvation that we know in Christ. God took care of the people while they were in Egypt, in exile. I mean, what makes us think that we would be any different? I mean, we're still the people of God. We still are loved by God. We still keep loving God. Why would we be any different here in the story of Jesus? I mean, God is still with us. But the land of Goshen was in Egypt. The people were in exile. So, yeah, it's kind of an oasis in the desert, but they were in exile. They were not where they were meant to be. Do you know when the people leave the land of Goshen? Do you know where they go once they leave the land of Goshen? They go in the wilderness. We think of the desert. Exodus, that's where the Exodus really begins. The people leave Goshen, then in the wilderness, which is what the book of Numbers is called in the Hebrew Bible, 
I mean, you, you really should. Like in your Bible, go to Numbers and just take a marker and just wipe through that and put in the wilderness. That's what the book is called. Because it's what happens to the people in that in-between time. And then, once they go from land of Goshen, in the wilderness, then what comes next? The promised land. So, yeah, we're, we're kind of in the promised land, but not yet. Does it ever feel that way? Probably by the end of the day, you're not going to feel like you're in the promised land anymore. You know what I'm saying? So, where are we? If we're not in the promised land yet, if we're waiting, if we're living kind of in this space in between, here's the promised land, here's the wilderness, here's land of Goshen. Do you know why the people of God, when they got out into the wilderness and started wandering around in the world of Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers. You know why they wanted to go back to Egypt? Because Goshen was a pretty nice place. They had that. And so then compared to Goshen, and then compared to the dreams of their imagination that would eventually be the promised land, you like being stuck out in the desert where all of a sudden sometimes the ground just opens up and eats a bunch of people. And then... On top of that, you have to eat the same thing every single day. And so what do the people say? We had it better back in Egypt. Because what's the last thing they remembered? Land of Goshen. That's what they remember. Something beautiful. Something where you meet the presence and promises of God that are so beautiful that you cannot imagine not living in the land of Goshen. So you're there, you're dreaming of the promised land, but where are you really? You're wandering around out in the wilderness. I rode my bike, motorcycle, not bicycle, from Houston, Texas to Malibu, California a couple of years ago. Somebody asked, how'd you get here? It's like, well, I got on I-10 at Chimney Rock, and then when I saw the Pacific Ocean, I turned north. I-10 all the way, and there were parts of the trip, oh man, it's so beautiful, I mean a rugged beauty, you ever been out like Van Horn, and it's just gorgeous with Guadalupe Mountains National Park, and Big Bend is to the south of you, it's stunning how beautiful it is, even in rugged beauty, and then when I got to Arizona, you know, ride down into Texas Canyon, which is on I-10. If you've ever been on I-10 in Arizona, you go down into Texas Canyon. It's like, why do they call it, why do they call it Arizona Canyon? But you're, and it just, all of a sudden it gets pretty and you have all these gigantic cacti that are just everywhere. And then, man, when you get Palm Springs and then to Malibu and how pretty it is, but you know how you get from Houston to Van Horn and then to Arizona? You know what's between Van Horn and Arizona? If you've never ridden a motorcycle through that part of New Mexico, pass. Don't do it. It, I 
kid, you, I, the birds were just standing around on the side of the road, exhausted because they didn't have anywhere to land. It is as flat and barren, and the road is just terrible. They don't keep up the road on that part of I-10. It's just awful. No wonder the people wanted to turn around and go back. No wonder they wanted to keep going because walking through the wilderness, if, you know, if Moses isn't going to let us go back to the land of Goshen, we've got to keep going forward because anything is better than this. So yeah, we're kind of in the promised land because of what we know, and yet some days you, you have to squint and use your imagination. Some days we're kind of still in the land of Goshen because we have the promises of God, just like Joseph and his brothers and meeting his dad, reunited with his dad who hasn't seen in so long, and he's so happy to be with his dad again. And they weep. And Isn't that a great thing that Jacob says there in the land of Goshen? It's like, I can die now. You ever said that? You know, about something, whenever you've seen something just so incredibly beautiful, it's like, ah, that's it. Not going to see anything better than this. You, you don't really. You're not going to die that day. But you know that saying. Well, that's what Jacob is saying in the land of Goshen. But I tell you what, there's a lot more days when it feels like we're between Goshen and the Promised Land, kind of in this exile, out in the wilderness out in the desert, and we have memories, and we have dreams, memories of the past and dreams of the future, but here we are, in exile. But this is why, after Genesis, this is why Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers exist before Deuteronomy kind of retells the whole story. And then we get to Joshua, which is where the people actually get to start entering. You know why they call it the promised land? Because it was a land that was promised to the people. They, they, kept, they kept longing for the promised land. You know why Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers exists? It is a reminder to the people, an ongoing living reminder to the people that if they're not yet in the promised land and if they are no longer in the land of Goshen, that God is still with them. They're in the wilderness. Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, God is still with them. God is still a faithful God. God is always making good on His promises. I mean, I'd, I'd like to kind of go back to Goshen. But we can't. And I want to live in the promised land, but I don't think we're there yet. But if you happen to be in a situation that leaves you feeling surprised by the joy and presence of God, it is altogether appropriate. 
for you to reference back to the way God took care of us so long ago when we found ourselves in Egypt wondering if God was going to keep creating and sustaining our lives, which is exactly what God did then and what God will continue to keep doing from this day forward. And then if you're wondering what to say to God, have you ever done that? You want to say something to God, but you don't know what to say? If you ever find yourself wondering how to praise the Lord, if you ever find yourself wondering what to say in your prayers, you may say something like, thanks be to God. Or depending on where you're from, it might be altogether appropriate to just say, land of Goshen. And God will know what you mean. And now, we'll know what you mean too. Because of this story. Amen.